0: Welcome to Spark, I'm Angela Wagner and I'm Nicola Schino and Together We're Here here as your host for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we will discuss the five love languages, a fun way to treat yourself, and how a lot of poop changed my perspective. (laughs) Welcome back, Nicole. I am super excited to be back,
1: and I can't wait to hear about all the exciting stuff for this week.
0: (laughs) I know. I don't even know if I've told you the story, but yeah, we'll get into it in a second. So... I'm always down for a poo talk. <laughs> yeah, there's no <laughs> such thing as oversharing. So yes. Oh my gosh. So you, I feel like you haven't been on the podcast in a while.
1: Yes, it's been a minute because we've had a lot of guests recently. So I am pumped to be back with you guys.
0: Yeah, so good. So what is new in babyland and and that you have to update our listeners on the couch debacle?
1: Oh, okay. For sure. Well, first in Babyland, we're officially at 27 weeks now and we are legit showing. So she has made her appearance. I am full on sporting the basketball now.
0: You are. You look so cute, but you definitely look pregnant.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it like literally just, it popped. I'm telling you, it was weird. Like I feel like I woke up and all of a sudden there she was. And I was like, all right, we're pregnant now. <laughs> So we're doing good, feeling good, everybody's, we're figuring it out and daily changes, learning a little bit about my body every day, (laughs) but it's good. And then let's see, couch saga. So the last time we chatted, I believe I told you guys that the second couch had been eaten and we were getting rid of it and Vic was trying to convince me to convert to a couchless living room and go full on beanbag. Yeah. And you were going to think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was a little hesitant because like, when have you been in a living room that doesn't have a couch? Like that's like the foundation of the living room. (laughs) So I was like, how does this work? So he convinced me after the living room was like empty for a couple of weeks. I was like, okay, let's try something. And we knew we couldn't get another couch because obviously he would probably eat that too. So We got a bean bag and now we just remove the bean bag from the living room and we slide it into a separate room when we leave. So like he has no access to the bean bag. But dude, I'm in love with the bean bag. It's amazing.
0: (laughs) You got like a high end one, right?
1: Well, it was I found some really, really nice ones that were out of our price range, but I liked how big they were. So I found a smaller company that makes still really big Bean bags, and they're made out of like this foamy stuff inside. I don't really know how it works, but it's fantastic. So mine is six feet long, and then Vic, we ended up getting a second one because I fell in love with the first one. So now Vic has his own. His is like seven and a half feet long. It's so cool. You can full on lay down on it. The dogs can sit up on it. Like there's room for everybody. It's so neat, and it's so Comfy. Way better than the couch. So hands down, I'm all for the couchless living room.
0: Ah, oh, I love it. Okay, well, we're going to post pictures. Episode 26. You can look at the show notes. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be one on social media, Angela Wagner AngelaWagnerCoaching.com because you have some cute pictures of the beanbag. Oh,
1: yes. They're super fun. So big fan. Everybody should think about it.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I will say that several people have written in and said that they are going to try meditation and mindfulness. And they really enjoyed that episode. And I had said that our friend Renee was coming on the next week to talk about memory. And she is still on the books. We had a couple snafus with scheduling and different things. But Her episode will be coming up in probably like two or three weeks from now. So that is super exciting. So keep listening and we'll keep giving you guys more tools. But Susan, who had written in about that, said, she texted me and she said, I'm going to try this meditation thing.
1: (laughs) I love it. I can't wait for the episode with Renee. That'll be fantastic. Yeah,
0: it'll be great. All right. So we're going to start with Sucky Moment of the Week, which... As you might have guessed, has to do with poop. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our sucky scale. one being kind of sucky. Five being super sucky. One <gasps> Two Three. Seriously, four Five. And yesterday, Zoe has this really cute little PJ Masks nightgown and... We love it because it's like it just goes over her head and boom, it's super easy. But the bad thing about it is that there's no bottom so she can take off her diaper. And it's just so funny how different kids are because Luke never took his diaper off. I mean, well, no, I shouldn't say never, maybe once or twice, but like way later. I mean, she is just a couple, she's like not even 14 months yet. and She's like doing everything. Luke wasn't even walking at this point. So I think my husband had put her down to sleep and she's been getting up every night because she's teething really bad. And so we've had kind of a lot of like the last couple of weeks have been pretty rough. And we were like, okay, we're going to go back to where we don't go in there because the doctor's like, you just have to go back to doing that because she's training you to go back in and, you know, to go in every night and take care of her. So we're like, okay, we're going to do it tonight. So the one night we choose to not go in there. (laughs) Now I'm hoping that this happened or like... But this didn't happen at like whatever time she woke us up because we didn't and she ended up going back to sleep. And I didn't see anything on the monitor. So I think this happened later. But I go in in the morning to get her. (laughs) She had taken off her diaper and there is poop literally everywhere. (laughs) Oh, man. And the first thing I do is I see poop on the floor right like on the carpet right next to her crib or on the rug. And my immediate first thought was like, oh my gosh, the dog got in here and pooped on the floor because like, you don't normally see poop on the floor. (laughs) And then I looked up and she was, so gross. I mean, she was covered. Like she had like painted her eye. She had it like on her eyelash. I mean, she just had poop everywhere. Oh my gosh. Poop on the crib, poop on the wall, like you name it poop. And I was like, John, come in here. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? And so Luke comes in, and he's like, Oh my gosh, there's poop everywhere. And he starts like it's just <laughs> so funny. So what's interesting about this? So I was telling a friend, and he was like, Oh my god, I would have vomited, and this and that, and he doesn't have kids and I'm I'm like, yeah, as I'm telling this story, like, that's what I would have thought, too. But my inspired action and my reaction in the moment was actually I was really proud of myself and John as well as like, we really just had compassion for her. We felt like big jerks. We were like, Oh, my gosh, our baby is covered in poop. And like, we left her like this, you know, totally. Yeah. So and I have to say this is like, so weird, but oddly, I did not even smell, which maybe also makes me think it was in there too long or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, you'd like just smell it, you know, and maybe it was just very clean poop. I don't know. But we immediately got her out and kind of tag teamed it and put it. But it was so bad. We had to like wash her off before we even put her in the bath. And then we put her in the bath and Luke wanted to get in the bath. But we're like, wait, let's get her washed off. We had to empty the bath, all the whole <laughs> top down and then re. Bathe everybody. I mean, it was like that. It was that bad. And so, and then later I actually found more poop like on the floor after cleaning everything. So we're going to like do like a full disinfection of her room this weekend. <laughs> it was a poop party in there. Poop party. Well, so there's really two inspired actions. One is no more PJ masks, nightgown without a bloomer, like a cover so that she can't get into her diaper. And two, I just thought it was cool. Like, 'Cause usually the inspired action comes after the bad reaction, but it was like really proud of us that and this can apply to really anybody in any situation is like if you look especially if it's involving someone else. This can go back to like the customer service stuff we talk about or anything, just really looking at what is it like for that person. Like I know when I'm late or I see an accident and if I have a reaction that's like, oh, this sucks, I'm behind or whatever, it's putting me out. I just look at the people that just got in the accident and go oh my gosh, I feel so much compassion for them.
1: Yeah, just realizing we're all human, I think, is a big deal for compassion.
0: Yeah, and put yourself in their shoes. So thanks for that lesson, Zoe.
1: <laughs> oh, and uh, what did you rate this one? What was the poo rated at?
0: Oh, man, I always forget my rating. So the poo, I say this is a three. Mm, that's pretty good for a poo situation. I know. I know. I that's the other thing. I'm kind of proud of myself because Especially having no sleep in the past couple of weeks, I think in the past I would have rated that four or five, but yeah, it was a solid three, no more, no less. All right. So I have something really cool that I want to let you guys know about. And it's a new thing I put on my website. It's a free seven day challenge. And it's called the seven days to make your life sparkle challenge. I've been working on this for a long time. And you just go on AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. And on the front page, if you scroll down, you'll see you just put your first name and your email in there. And if you sign up, Then I'll send you an email once a day and it will give you like little things that you can do each day. There's a theme and there's a task that you do that it can be. Well, I'm not going to give it away, but it can be all kinds of fun, different things. And it's really fun and lighthearted. But I promise you, if you do it after the seven days, you're going to have like a whole new set of inspired actions. You're going to have more energy, more time, less stress, because when we work on little things like cleaning up things, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, like we have more energy. It's very, very cool.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited about it. I just signed up. I got my first email today and I haven't seen any of this. So I'm really excited to see it unfold.
0: Yeah, I know. It's kind of crazy that you haven't seen it. I know.
1: I'm excited. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah. So sign up and I'd love your feedback. So, okay. So today we're going to talk about our main topic is about something that you and I, Nicole and I have gotten into in the past couple months and it's called the five love languages by Gary Chapman. And it's so interesting because I'd heard about this for years and I knew about it, but I'd never actually gotten the book or done any real research or read it. So I did a couple months ago when we were living back with my parents, and then I had John take the quiz, and then he talked about it, and then I sent it to you, and then you and Vic did it. So I thought it'd be a fun thing to talk about, and I think a lot of our listeners would benefit. So give us a little information about what the five love languages are.
1: Totally. So there's five different categories, and we'll talk about the quiz too, how you know where you'll end up, like which categories you end up in. But there's five different categories, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, physical touch, and then receiving gifts. And once you take the quiz, you kind of score in different areas, and then you end up with like your top two and your bottom two, like that kind of thing. It puts them in an order for you.
0: Okay, cool. So let's go through each one. So quality time is giving someone your undivided attention. Okay, so yeah. So I mean, this one is having to put the phone down.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly like when Vic and I talked about it. I was like, that is my number one pet peeve is when someone's talking to me and they don't even put the phone down. I'm like, Oh, this is a big one. And it turned out to be my number one. (laughs)
0: Yes. So it's so helpful because you can tell a lot about why certain things are important to different people in a different way. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. And then the second one is acts of service, which is doing things for someone else. Okay. And this one is definitely my number one. And what I read up on it, it said like it requires planning, thought, time, energy, and effort. And so I was like, yes, see, all those things show love to me. I'm like, if you think ahead and you give me your time, your energy, effort, and you do something for me, that to me shows love more than anything else in the world. So acts of service for like if someone lives with you could be like emptying the dishwasher, doing laundry, like going to the grocery store. Anything like that is huge for people that score high in the acts of service. And this one, I think, is your second one, right?
1: Totally. And these two are really close for me. So quality time was number one. And then acts of service was a close second. And yeah, definitely after taking it and like starting to pay attention, like how Vic and I interact, like these are hands down the two things that mean the most to me and show me the most coming from Vic, especially if you don't have to ask for it, you know, that makes it an even bigger deal. So it's kind of nice for Vic to know this information ahead of time.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's super helpful. And so you and I are like exactly the same as far as our top two, but my first one's access service and my second's quality time, but we're, they're like neck and neck for both of us. So it makes sense for you and I completely like, cause we're so similar in that way. But Well, let's go through all of them and then we can talk a little more in detail. So the third one is words of affirmation.
1: Okay. So that's like verbal compliments, some sort of words of appreciation.
0: Okay. And then physical touch.
1: Any form of physical loving kind of touch.
0: Okay. And so for emotional love relationships, that can be anything from like holding hands all the way through Mm -hmm. the spectrum to having sex. But then it's also incredibly important for babies, they say like babies that are touched more like have way better responses later in life, and all these different studies. I don't know the specifics of it, but it's really kind of amazing how important touch is at such a young age. And I notice with Luke, like he'll come up to me and he will just give me like a full bear hug and just hold on and not let go. Like he needs that physical touch.
1: Mm-hmm. No, totally. Especially when they're little bitty like that, they are major huggers.
0: Yeah, so it's, Something really important to think about from a very young age, and then the last one is receiving gifts. Now these are like a visible symbol of love to someone who speaks this language. (laughs) Yeah, so that's key, right? So someone who speaks this language. So all of this stuff is so interesting to me, and it's really helpful in your love relationships. It's also really helpful with your kids, and helpful with your work relationships too. So there's a lot of different things to think about here. I feel like we could go into it and talk about it forever, but a couple of things we'll talk about personally. So one of the things is Kelly, who has been a teacher with me forever, I never really realized this. I mean, I knew that she loved giving gifts, and that was always like really obvious. She's like the best gift giver in she the <laughs> world. She is. And it's not even like she just gives, I mean, she's always the person that's so thoughtful in every moment she'll give a gift, but she's thoughtful in what she gives. It's like she takes time and effort and energy to find like the right thing that she knows you'll love.
1: Exactly. And it's so meaningful when you get something from her because it's like she really is paying attention to like every conversation that you have to and it builds up to this gift. And I'm like, she's good.
0: <laughs> she really is. And she loves it. So you can just tell. And I remember one of my teachers a couple years ago saying like, oh, that's definitely Kelly's love language. And it just kind of connected for me. And I was like, oh, my God, totally. So the other part of that is so if she shows you love with gifts, then that is also how she feels loved so what's important about that is if a friend does that that's the friend you want to make the effort with or like your spouse or whatever then they need that to show them love like that will say to them you love me and it means a lot whereas like for someone like you you were like I think you scored zero (laughs) Yes, which totally makes sense, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. And so like, it's so funny to me because like I either pull back on giving you gifts or now when I give you gifts, I just give you experiences. So I don't give you anything that's like a tangible thing that you have to keep.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm. Which makes it super meaningful to me because like that's the kinds of things that I would want to have. But on the same side, I have to be very present to honoring the person who's giving the gift, because you know that's something that's important to them. You know what I mean? The whole act of giving. So I think that's important to honor honor that, even if I do get something like a tangible item.
0: Yeah, that right. That may not be like the most important to you. Yes. Yeah. So right. Yeah, it can go both ways, and you can see also a lot of the reasons like why someone is doing something. So what's interesting about this for both of us, and I think this is the case for a lot of people in relationships. And I've heard that this book has, like, saved marriages, and I completely believe it. I'm like, oh, it makes total sense. So, like, John's top two, his first is physical touch, and his second is words of affirmation, which are completely different from mine. So, if I make an effort and hold his hand or give him a kiss every time he walks through the door or just, like, in the middle of the kitchen, just give him a hug, it will, like, feed him for days. Like, he is just, like – and I can see it, like, in his face. Like, he's just like – Thank you. Like he needs that physical touch where I appreciate it and I like it, but it's not like for me, I'm like, if you vacuum, I will think you are the best person in the world because I'm (laughs) so stressed about I just want all this stuff done. And so for me, you know, so it's so helpful for us. We read through it and then we went through each section and then it gave like tips about like if this is your person's love language, some things to do. And it's really made a difference for us in our marriage.
1: Oh, totally. Vic and I are very similar too on that. He scored, his top one was quality time. So we both, we scored the same on that one. So I was like, obviously we need to make sure we're spending time together. And we actually talked about it when we get into like these modes where We're like fighting for days at a time over stupid stuff. We realize it's because we haven't hung out. Like it's because we haven't like done something together. We haven't had an experience together. And so like, I mean, which is interesting. Like that's why we like hiking and stuff so much. And we do a lot of like our own hobbies. They're kind of melted together, which is kind of interesting because a lot of couples aren't like that. But we need that in order to, like, make the relationship function. And then his second one was physical touch as well.
0: Because he's a dude.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's what you and I talked about that. And I was like, it's a dude thing. I'm sure dudes are going to score high in this one. Yeah. But, like, physical touch isn't as important to me. But realizing that it is to him, I make more of an effort to do like the small things, you know, holding hands, hugging, that kind of thing. And even just like, even if it's just for a few seconds, like I can tell that it means something to him. Like he's definitely gaining something from it.
0: Yeah. And I know for me, this is so helpful because I like to understand why. So in anything in life, it's like, if you can give me, and that's why I do like so much research and I'm always like, looking for answers out there because the way my brain works in connected to my heart as well as like if you can explain to me why something's happening, then I understand it on a totally different level. And I'm much more likely to do it even in yoga. Like if you tell me to flex my foot, and you explain to me that it's going to protect my knee because it's engaging the muscles surrounding my knee and strengthening them to support the joint Then I'm like, oh, but if you just say flex your foot, I'm like, "Mm, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. So it's the same kind of thing. And it's not like John hasn't ever said like, oh, I need you to say I love you. Of course, like I know that. But it's like for me to like look in a book and go, okay, that's called words of affirmation and verbal compliments, words of appreciation, and this is why it's important to him. I don't know. For me, it just connects on a different level. So if this interests you, we'll post in the show notes Again, AngelaWagnerCoaching.com, episode 26. Sarah will post the Love Language quiz. You can go to Gary Chapman's website and take it, and it'll give you your results and your score. And then you can send it to other people that you care about. And they have several different versions of the book now. There's one for kids. I actually got it from the library, and then Luke's too young. So I think it starts at 5.00. But if you have kids, it'll tell you what your kids' love languages are. And I think there was a work one. So it's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it's very cool. I enjoyed also seeing, like, the ranking of them. And that kind of explained to me a little bit more about, like, certain things are more important to Vic than they are to me. And kind of like seeing that balance between like, I need more of this and you need more of that. I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the ranking side of it because it put it more in perspective. Like, okay, I might need to be doing more of this for him because it's in
0: his top two. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's at a 10, so I better do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, because like he can tell me these things and, and tell you, like, I want you to do this. But when I saw that number, I was like, oh, this is really important to him. Like, it's not just something he said one time.
0: Yes. So yeah, I mean, we're both the same way where we love numbers. And I think that's also that research and kind of like science (laughs) base, and kind of like proof, you know, (laughs) And it it just sounds funny because obviously like them telling us they need it is proof enough, but it's there's like more to back it up or maybe not back it up, but like more explanation behind it. So, yeah, it's good. And then it's interesting because I think that receiving gifts used to be really high for me in my younger days. And I am a big gift giver in general, or I used to be. And now that I have the past several years gotten to kind of a different space. With kind of minimizing and simplifying my life. I'm in a different headspace about gifts, but I still love getting them. I'm not going to lie. But like John and I almost never exchange gifts anymore, mainly because like we're always spending so much money on the house and the kids. And we're like, okay, let's, and this is what I've done with my friends too, is I'm like, I'll take you to dinner or let's make coffee date. Like, because that I realized like that really goes to my quality of time, quality time importance. Like I'd rather spend quality time with my friend than buy her a candle you know
1: totally we're the same way like Vic and I have never never bought gifts for each other like we've been together 12 years and like I've never bought him a birthday present (laughs) And
0: I'm sure you've had people say, like,
1: that's really weird, right? Oh, oh yeah. Like, my mom thought it was so interesting in the beginning. But, like, we'd rather do – I'd rather put money towards something else, like a big hiking trip. And I can save for that all year. And we're just so, like, financially conscious. And I'm very conscious of, like, the items that come into our home. And so – I'm like, why waste time on these like little things? Like when he wants something, I'll already know about it and it won't be like a birthday present. It'll be something like he's ready for and we'll work towards it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is there's no right or wrong. So you don't want to think like, oh, well, this is the way Angela or Nicole like deals with gifts. This is how I should be. It's like, if receiving gifts is top for you, then that you just like need to let whoever in your life know that that's important to you. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and again, you want to know the people in your life that that's important and reciprocate or show love that way. So I think it's important for us in our relationships, not to only show love from what we want to get. It's really showing love is about what the other person needs. Like maybe for you, your mom, right? Like you, do you get her gifts? Um,
1: No, usually not. I don't do a lot of gifts in general, but right. I do give gifts to people who are the ones that I know like to get gifts. So right now it's mainly like Caleb likes gifts and then my niece and nephew. Those are really the big gift givers. But most of the adults are starting to, in my family, phase out more of that gift giving.
0: Yeah, I think that's really common when we get to like a certain age and we're really no, we're not in need of anything. Right. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I need an iPad. I mean, really, you know, (laughs) I would love one. But and even that's funny because John's mom asked me because his birthday was Monday and said, like, what does john's he's definitely that's like lowest on his list he just doesn't care about well he appreciates getting a gift but it's not high in his list of needs and so i had said like well he lost his ipad that they had given him years ago and he lost it and he was kind of bummed so i told them you know they could get him an ipad and then his dad starts asking him about it and he's like well i really only use it when i travel which isn't that often it's probably not worth the money and he kind of like talked them out of getting him an ipad Oh, how funny. And I was like, honey, I'm trying to help you out here. And he's like, well, it's just like not worth the $600 for me to like watch a movie twice a year on a plane. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's true. So it's like, it's just interesting how as an adult, certain stages of life, we kind of look at things differently. But oh, anyway, so take the quiz, have the people in your life take the quiz and really start working on what will help them. I know John has made such an effort. Like he goes to Kroger now almost more than I do, which he never used to go to the grocery store by himself ever. And so he'll be like, okay, I'll go to the grocery store. What do we need? And a lot of times he'll ask me like, okay, what do we need? I'm going to go to the grocery store. And I'm like, I love you. (laughs) Oh, that's so
1: nice. I've been trying to be more mindful of it too. And words of affirmation was a big one for Vic too. So I tried to like make sure I'm saying thank you a lot. Like even when he does like little things for me, I like very and like I make sure I'm like, thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for doing that. And I think that makes a difference for him too. Like I'm acknowledging it. And then I'm also like telling him how good he's doing. And then he also does it again. So
0: I'm like, yes. (laughs) It's kind of interesting. I think that's totally a dude thing. Both of those, the physical touch and words of affirmation is a dude thing because they obviously like physical touch. We know this, we don't need to get into it. And then, words of affirmation like men need to be like praised for what they do like I'm like I vacuum every day I don't get a thank you but like if John vacuums I need to say thank you it's very obvious
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. totally so I think it's even once you learn what yours are and share them with the people around you like it's even more important to like learn who you're with and try to acknowledge it whenever
0: you can if you're with a typical dude then you can almost guarantee those two things That's going to be on our other, that's a dude podcast. It's a dude thing. It's a dude thing, yeah. Oh, we should have John and Vic do one. That'd be so awesome. Oh, uh, I'm sure it'd be a chick
1: thing is what they would talk about the whole time.
0: Yeah, what's a chick thing, exactly. Uh. Okay, so we're going to move on to ask Coach AWACS and we have kind of a cool one this week. So Jennifer writes, Thank you so much for the podcast. I look forward to it every week. You and Nicole are a great team and you offer so much insight that has helped me. Oh, well, thank you, Jennifer. That means so much. So my question has to do with my cell phone. I recently realized that all I do is text people. I seem to be addicted to texting and almost never call people, even when they leave me a voicemail. I guess my question is, why am I doing this and how do I stop? This is a good one.
1: Guilty. Guilty. Okay, <laughs> so tell us about your guilt. <laughs> I'm for sure. I prefer to text versus talk. And I wonder if that's like part of my generation. I don't know. But I strongly prefer texting over making an actual phone call and definitely leaving a voicemail. I don't want to leave a voicemail. I don't know why, but I don't like leaving voicemails.
0: That's funny. Well, so I do think some of it is generational for sure, because like your generation grew up to texting practically, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Yeah, well, towards and I think it came around when I was in high school. So yeah, that's when it started for sure.
0: Yeah, which is when you start most of your, you know, Mm -hmm. interpersonal communication. But I also will say like, so I'm almost 40. And even in my parents who are in their late 60s, like they, I'm not going to speak for them. But I think texting has just become such a common way to communicate. There's an ease to it. You can do it on your own time. You can do it really anywhere, right? Like you could literally be like waiting in the bathroom line at a public grocery store and text someone a response, whereas you're not, you don't want to really call them and there's like toilets flushing, you know what I mean? So there's like a convenience factor, but then there's also something else, which is like this loss of connection, right? So there's, there can definitely be some negatives to it where we are not actually speaking to people, right? Right. Totally. One of my girlfriends years ago, Nikki, when we were dating, we were both dating. We're both single at the time. And I remember this so clearly. We were sitting on her porch drinking red wine and, you know, just venting about our dating lives and all this stuff. And these guys, these tools we had gone out with. We were both doing (laughs) doing the online thing. We swore we were going to write a book. And I'm so bummed we didn't because, man, it would have been funny. But One of the things she said that always stuck with me, she's like, respond in kind. Just respond in kind. So if someone texts you, text them back. If they call you, call them back. If they email you, email them back. And I thought, well, that's such a simple rule, but I made it a hard and fast rule. Like, so that that way, because I know for me, I reach out to people because I want a more, a little bit more of a connection than A text or a lot of times things just and I'll tell like people that are in my coaching or my training programs like a lot of times the text is not an appropriate way to have a conversation or an email is not appropriate. And I mean, I actually lost a friend over email once and I 100 percent like believe that if we had gotten on the phone or talked face to face, we would still be friends today. It's like. Things can be said, things can be misconstrued, and you are just like, you can just like leave somebody with something and they can interpret it in a totally different way. Whereas when you're talking to them, it's completely different. So now that's obviously like with heavy things. If it's something really quick, then yeah, just go ahead and shoot them a text. But What I often say is make that a rule. And I think if you have trouble with voicemails and things like that, just be like, okay, well, just call them back. It's not that big of a deal. But ask yourself why. That is always a question. Why am I not wanting to call them back? So like what are your what comes up for you for the voicemail? Oh, so
1: it's really weird. The only thing that I can think of about voicemail is I don't like to get voicemails because then there's this whole process of having to like go and check it, having to delete it. So I'm all about like efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) So voicemail is like extra steps for me. So I don't like when people leave me voicemails. And so I feel like I'm putting that on the people that I'm calling. So I'll call and I just will never leave a voicemail because I don't want to put someone else through that, which is silly because... Probably most of the world does not care <laughs>
0: if you leave a voicemail like it bothers me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So isn't that interesting? Like, yeah, that's the thing is like getting to the why most people probably aren't bothered. I do have one of my friends literally never checks voicemails. And I just realized that one time I was like, wait, you never because she'll just call me back. Like, yeah, I didn't listen to your message. And one time I was like, do you ever listen? She's like, oh, no, I don't listen to voicemails. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You don't? I totally get that. <laughs> so I just literally never leave her voicemail. Ever, But I know that. Right. So it's good communication. But just know that some people on the other end might take it differently. So one time a friend had every single time I'd call her and leave her a message and I really just wanted to connect with her. She would text me back and I started getting offended by it. And so one time I just actually had to text her and be like, hey, I don't know if I'm being sensitive, but you know, is there a reason that you're not calling me back, this and that. And I just said, like, I just wanted to connect with you on a deeper level and find out how you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Oh, gosh, no, like, didn't think about it, because that's just the way she communicates and then picked up the phone. And we had a great conversation. But if even if I have to like, tell like a teacher, talk to a teacher about something, or you know, whatever it is, like, if it's something quick, like, hey, can you sub no big deal, then yeah, I'll shoot a text over. But a lot of times, if it's something I just want to chat with them about, it's so much easier. And it's, Nine times out of 10, they'll be like, thank you for calling. I really appreciate like I needed this conversation or it was really great to talk to you. So I say like, look at that, too. It's a lot of times people will text to avoid having a conversation that might be challenging.
1: Totally. And you can also can hide a lot of tone in text. It's really difficult to totally feel what the other person like where they're coming from. So I think that's what you've helped me lean towards wanting to make phone calls more so that I can actually hear the tone of what's happening. Because when I read a text, there's like no tone happening in my mind, you know?
0: Yeah. And when you read a text or an email, people put their own filter and tones on it. And so if they're in a bad space, or they're making an assumption, which often people are making an assumption about the way you're communicating, then that's what they put on there. When you're talking to them, if I call you, and I'm like, hey, you know, I don't even know, like you've been late, you know, the last couple days, and I just wanted to chat with you about it. I'm super busy. And this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And you can just be like, oh, you know, and then we have this really nice open conversation. But you can hear it in my voice that I'm just talking to you. I'm not pissed. I'm not this or that. It's of concern. It needs to be discussed. But you can hear in my voice where I'm coming from. And so you're not going to like put as much. It's not as easy for you to put like maybe a defense or a tone or whatever it is on it. Right. I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but.
1: No, I'm totally with you. I think because when I receive a text, the tone that I give the text is whatever is happening inside of me so it's like I'm putting my attitude my mood on top of it no matter what yours was because I don't know what yours is when you're sending it to me but like it's my attitude that's on top of it so I think that's how everybody reads it and so that's important to know (laughs) when you're sending a text and also important to know if you need to know the tone then you shouldn't be Writing it. You
0: need to call. Yeah. And if it's something like I generally like if it's gonna take like three text pages, that's not it shouldn't be a text, you know. So it's like, you know <laughs> <laughs> that's over the character limit. <laughs> yeah. So I think look at that and pick up the phone in those cases or send an email. But again, be careful with email. That's a whole nother discussion we'll talk about another time. But you wanna be careful about having those conversations. I can't tell you how many times I've coached people, whether it's somebody in training or my staff members or a coaching client where I've had to text them back and say, let's set up a phone call. This is not a conversation to have over text. And, you know, I had one girl that was like, thank you for doing that because I always fall into that trap where she was exactly like Jennifer here in this question because she said that's what she does. She avoids having kind of tough conversations by texting. So another thing that you can do, another little just quick tip is to like once a week, you know, make a call that maybe is something you don't normally love to do. So if you always send like an email, this sounds so silly, but say you like, And it's convenient. I'm not saying don't do it. But like if you want to make an appointment and you always make an appointment over email or phone or whatever, but just to practice talking to people more just once a week, do that. Like make a phone call that you're either avoiding or that maybe you would do over text or email and see how it goes. So there you have it. So send in any of your questions to podcast at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. Anything about habit change, time management, exercise, organizing, or simply being more inspired, write to us because we love, love, love questions and we love to feature you. All right, Nicole, you are up with our shout out.
1: Yes, so I have a very special shout out this week. Last weekend, I went home to visit the family and I get to spend some time with my sister, who is one of our number one fans of the podcast as well. And she has been inspired to start cleaning out. And I will start by saying that her and I are nothing alike in the stuff department. (laughs) (laughs) She loves stuff. And I I do not love stuff. So this is we're very different in that way. But she's decided to start clearing some stuff out. And we have done round one of cleaning out the kids' toy room. Dun dun dun. <laughs> so I have an amazing picture of like the back of her SUV, like stacked with boxes that is literally nothing but toys, toys upon toys upon toys. So I want to give a huge shout out to her for like being willing and ready to dive in and totally just working with me through it because I want to get rid of everything. So she has to kind of like rein me in and I have to like tell her, all right, we have to get rid of more stuff. (laughs) So it was super fun and I can't wait for
0: round two to see because there's still more. Oh my gosh, I wish I was there. Like she couldn't have handled both of us.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She wouldn't have made it. Like she had to take breaks. She was like, I love what's happening here. But she was like, I need a break where I'm over there, like just ready to power through. I'm like, donate, trash, keep, you know, <laughs> I get so into it. And she's like, we're
0: gonna need to slow down. <laughs> That's so great. Well, good job. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to finish us off with a kind of a different try this this week. So one of my favorite things is when I go to this place, Venice Nails, where I get pedicures and they do these like fancy pedicures. And one that I love is called the cucumber pedicure. And you're not going to do like all the stuff that they do. But this most simple thing, and you don't even have to give yourself a pedicure, just do like this one part of it is take a cucumber and make super tiny slices, like really thin slices all the way down. You don't have to peel it or anything. And then take lotion. You could do like a non-scented lotion, or if you want to do a scented, you can. And put on your favorite show or whatever you want to do, put your feet up in your chair and put a thick amount of lotion from like your knees all the way down to your feet. And then put the cucumber slices all up and down your legs. You need to do this, Nicole, with your pregnancy. fantastic (laughs) I have a picture of the last time I got one and I will post it in the show notes and we'll put on social media because it is so easy and so I did it at home one day just that part of it and I was like oh my gosh this is so easy all you need is like half a cucumber and lotion and it is so lovely and with it being summer and so hot out and all that stuff and especially on days where you're working a lot or you're on your feet a lot just do that and I'm telling you it'll change your life (laughs) I dig it. Yeah. So that's it. Cucumber home, home pedi slash treatment, whatever you want to call it. You don't have to do the pedicure unless, unless you're inspired. But all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, please do an act of kindness and leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out. And also, please tell your friends and share this podcast with others. You can find the show notes and blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Coach A. Wags. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and discover what it is that sparks you.